was a honky-tonkin' fool Ever since they brought that jukebox here Back in 1952 He was the first to drop a nickel in When he danced with his first wife By 61 his wife was gone But that jukebox had survived But it was three plays for a quarter And I turned old enough to go Red showed me that old world and sir And said, son, I want you to know that If you ever come up to be short Just kick it on the side And would you do this honky-tonkin' fool One favor when I die he said, roll away my tombstone and put this jukebox in its place. And then make damn sure your cheating heart is the only song that plays. I don't need no stone with fancy words, but this jukebox would be cool. As a perfect final tribute to a honky-tonkin' fool. Put the jukebox in my trouble And I hauled it right down to the place It already hung it up And I ran a short extension cord From the old caretaker's shed Then I kicked the side plate Your cheating heart looked down at Red and said Red, I rolled away your tombstone and put this jukebox in its place. And I made damn sure your cheating heart is the only song that plays. Well, you were right about that tombstone, Red. This jukebox sure is cool. As a perfect final tribute to a honky-tonkin' fool. It's the perfect final tribute to a honky-tonkin' fool. This is Texas River Tonk, and that was Doug Supernaw, honky-tonkin' fool. Doug Supernaw was born in Bryan, Texas and actually died in Livingston, Texas at 60 years old, November 13th, 2020. His first single, that was his first single off his first album, Red and Rio Grande, released in 93, that went gold, and Reno is one of my favorite songs off of that album. Yeah. It's a great, great album. I got to hang out, well, I've met Doug, or I got to meet Doug a few times, but I was hanging out in Steamboat with Alan Huff, who plays with Roger Craiger, and he was a writer on Reno. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know if he knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. Very cool. So, this is Texas River Tonk. We have Bree Bagwell in the studio. She came in. We interviewed her during End of the Gray, and she was nice enough to hang around for a little bit of Texas River Tonk. So, I yeah. pre- appreciate that. And we're really pushing the show next Friday, January 20th, out at Enchanted Ranch. 
Brie Bag. Was it just you in the band, or is anybody no, opening it up? No, I think we got Gunnar Latham to open. Oh, wow, okay. I think, and I don't, I'm so happy that that happened, so I think that's confirmed, and I can say that. If not, I'm going to be in trouble. No, it, it, it's a week away. We should be, we should be good. Very cool. So Doug Supernall actually moved to Nashville. He worked as a session songwriter for four years, moved back to Texas, and started a band called Texas Steel. And that's kind of your story, right? Didn't you? You were in Nashville for about four years? I, I was. And I call it being in Nashville for about four years, but I was flying back every one year I flew back. I did like 48 round trip flights in one year. It was crazy. So I'd play with my band and then I would have them drop me off at the airport. I'd fly to Nashville. I'd write songs for Sony for three days. And then I'd fly back and play with my band every single weekend. I mean, it was, it was, I don't even know how I was doing that. That was 10 years ago though. So maybe that explains it a little bit, but, um, I love Nashville. They really do a good job of waking up and writing songs and being like, this is what we're doing today. Don't be late. And you're here to work, not to play. In Texas, we threat a lot to write together, and we never, <laughs> we don't really follow through with it very much. There's a lot of distractions around here. <laughs> There's a river right there. Right. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Right, and so you released your first album, 2011, Band from Santa Fe, mm-hmm. right? And Whiskey, was that the first song that really got traction for you, you think, or? Yes, and I have no idea how that song, it's like four and a half minutes long, it's slow, but it did, well on Texas radio and it was the first one to kind of and I have no idea how that happened so I'm very thankful I named my dog after that song right and yeah. that's, a, that's a rescue dog right yeah I found her in the middle of the road in uh southeast of Austin we were leaving and everyone was tired and I was like I'll drive this is a perfect place to look for stray dogs and I turned the corner and she was in the middle of the road oh my gosh yeah heartworms and full of fleas and skinny and now she's fat and happy and has her own headphones she won the lottery yeah she did and so did i she's the best dog and so correct me if i'm wrong you have nine number one texas hits is that correct or am i i don't think that's right but i think it's eight okay but i'm not sure i read nine somewhere okay it might be nine okay i could count them all but um my brain cell count is real low right now so i'll have to let you know (laughs) yeah you've been on the road so you got back yesterday i saw the picture or the post of your late night snowball fight uh yeah you can't do steamboat without a late night snowball fight how many times have you been to steamboat that was my 11th year wow yeah pretty crazy because back in the day i don't think there was a lot well i know there wasn't as many female artists and i met john dixon one time backstage somewhere and i had played and i was like nice to meet you i'd love to play steamboat and i actually just mailed him a an eight by 10 and my CD and said, have ski clothes, we'll travel. And he booked me on music fest and I've been there ever since. And you're headed to mile zero fest soon. How many times have you been there? Is this your first time? No, I've been there since the beginning too. I'm very lucky. I've played it every year. So what's that? Five years now? Wow. I don't know. Six maybe. I don't know. I've never been. Is it always warm down there? It's just perfect weather. Yeah. Wasn't last year cold? Like somebody, it was either last year or the year before it was cold, and they said anybody that's selling sweaters at the merch tent is going to sell out. Uh-huh. There was like one year where it poured rain too, um, but m- for the most part, it's just like the most perfect weather all the time. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. It's a really fun one. And it's, it's uh, The venues are all really neat, and the amphitheater is beautiful, and they, they do a great job. Very cool. So you're living in Green, Texas. 
right yeah. now currently, right? Just a kind of a walk from Green Hall. Just a little tiny walk to our neighborhood bar that is known as Green Hall. So how cool was it to sell that place out? Uh, it was a dream. I mean, my brothers, the reason I love Texas country so much is because my older brothers were really into it when I was younger and they would drive to El Paso to see Jason Boland, Corey Morrow, and Pat Green, and they'd bring me back signed records. And so I got really into Texas country. And we went when I was 18, we went to see Eli Young Band at Green, Green Hall. And I, so to years later, you know, sell it out is a big, big deal for me. That's a huge deal. And you headlined Billy Bob's for the first time too recently. Yeah, during the ice snow bomb of the century or whatever they were calling it. Oh, that was then? It was so unbelievably cold and I just thanked the audience for being there because they were so great and it was my first headline and everyone really showed up but that was when all the flights were getting canceled so my parents didn't make it and just a lot of things happened so we're gonna try again next year (laughs) or this year December 22nd if I remember right yeah it was still a wonderful show we all wore red and green and had a big old Christmas party and I threw out Christmas presents from the stage it was it was great that's awesome so I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews that you've done because you're a pretty prolific interviewer, oh, which, we, which we thank you for. And I heard you mention that you started a podcast. So my tour manager has a podcast called Texas Toast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I Kyle. Absolutely. We call him Kyle <laughs> from South Park. Not everyone gets that joke. But he was like, you should have a podcast. Why not? So we've done a few episodes just to get them under our belt and I got Jarrett Reddick on one of them and just kind of maybe a, a different perspective like we talked about I interviewed Sarah Hobbs about all the messages we get requesting pictures of our feet you know just weird weird topics that that is weird we like artists to artists can discuss because I know that she gets that and I get that and I'm like let's talk about it on the air whatever so we're gonna get about I don't know, five to ten more done in February and get it to where we're going to see if we know what we're doing and if it's good or not. Sounds cool. And I think, (laughs) doesn't Jarrett have like a Jarrett Goes to the Movies uh, podcast that he does? Yeah, he was so funny to interview and he was just great. He's he's so, he was hilarious. And that was was one of my favorite ones. Well, I'm sure y'all have a good time again. If you listen to End of the Gray, you're playing Waco tomorrow uh-huh. saturday the 14th yep and jared and jason harrell are doing a, an acoustic duo to open up so that sounds like a great time they are really really good and i love that jared he does his country project and those songs are really great but he also plays bowling for soup songs too right. so you're gonna get both which and, is great and jason harrell such a great musician he's and awesome yeah he and really he's so is. nice he can play the banjo guitar fiddle don't you hate those guys? I don't know. <laughs> I love I love Jason. Um, and I also read that you put out a kid's book. I wrote one during COVID. Okay. And I'm, I'm just am kind of trying everything at this point in my life because why not? And I listen. My boyfriend has a – she's six now, but I've been listening to him read her books at night, and I'll be like, this is terrible. Yes. I think I could do this. So I wrote, I wrote one, and so we're looking currently for illustrators right now. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah thanks. That's fine, yeah. I would recommend just giving up on, not for you, but for reading. Just we left the kids' books behind. Not that we're reading War and Peace or anything, but a lot of the uh, protagonists in the stories that we're reading right now for my younger son are like 10, 11, 12, but the 
other books are just they suck they're real bad and it's very funny that you say that because i walked in the other day and she was reading lonesome dove to paul so wow. no judgment here and he's like he just has to skip some pages sometimes I think. one of the best books ever yeah uh, really interesting but i i love i talked to ray wiley hubbard once about because his book is one of my favorite books of all time it is so i recommend everybody should read it so i'm also kind of been currently writing my own story and just kind of short chapters on on how i feel about certain things i don't know what's going to happen with that but um i think a lot of a lot of people enjoy reading the inside info from an artist's crazy head we got a lot going on up here and it's it's therapeutic to get it out if nothing else absolutely so and you also had heroes single of the year Right, you were awarded best female vocalist. Right, was that last year, 2022, or is that 21? That was 21. Okay. Um, Sarah Hobbs won it this year, which she's my best friend, so that was great. But I won. They gave me artist of the of the yes. decade, female artist of the decade. So I think I'm retired from winning that award, which is fantastic because um, I there's so many girls who deserve it, and one of the females said, "Well, I'm not." going to tell everyone to vote because Bree's in the category and she just felt like it wasn't even worth it to tell people to vote and that broke my heart because what what she's doing is is the hardest thing in the world like now I have a, a tour manager and a PR team and a, a band and people to help me drive and this one particular female is like loading up her sound gear and driving herself and singing for three hours and then doing it all again and driving back home like I think she deserves the award more than me because I've done that and that's way harder than what I do now right so I know, and again, I've heard you, you talk about how Josh Abbott really kind of helped you along the way because he, you were open enough for him. Um, so that's really cool that he's doing that, um, just taking people out and get, getting the voice out there. And, and I've heard you talk about how it's more common now to see mixed um, lineups where male and female, um, because it's difficult for females to get into some of those venues because like they said, they're not gonna buy beer or they're not gonna sell tickets. And so just breaking through, um, that's got to be tough. It's right? been it's been a long time since I heard comments like that, so mm -hmm. I feel like it's changing. It changing. When I okay. started, it was all the time. I don't I don't book females, but people don't say that anymore, even if they believe it, they might not say it. Right, they better um, not. But I think it's it's definitely changing. People are taking note of of where females are on lineups, and there's lots of conversations about it. And my thing is, there's not near as many female bands doing it, so it's not we're not asking for. 50-50 right. lineup. But we are asking for, I'm not going to take the festival that I'm going to be at 2 p.m. for the same pay as I did that seven years ago, eight years ago, when that's not where I feel I deserve to be. And Absolutely. that's okay. I'll pass on those, and we we will keep doing that until we all figure it out. And it's been, it's been really changing, and it's been really improving. I'm so thankful. Can I uh, add something there? So you know on the outside looking in i feel like 2022 and I, i've said this on on into the gray was kind of like the year of the female i really feel like that i mean i play all kinds of music on my show and so many female artists had amazing albums in 2022 and uh i just feel like something's happening and and 2023 like i played a bunch of new albums that came out today or last week before you got in here and it was a overwhelmingly number of female artists with strong strong albums coming out and it seems like finally finally y'all are kind of getting your due you know and i mean i'm thinking bands like wet leg you know 
two, three years ago, nobody knew who they were, and now they're selling out shows. And yeah, anyway, there's just so many. I, I should name four or five more, and I'm drawing a blank. But it, last year was a really strong year, I felt like. When I was writing down my favorite songs for 2022, I was there was a lot of female artists on there. Yeah, it definitely trickles down, too, from Nashville. I mean, I think if you look at the quality of female artists in the last few years, so you're looking at, like, Miranda, Casey, Musgraves, like, Maren Morris, and all of the all of the females that have kind of really written the best songs, written the be- made the best records, put on the, the best live shows, like the Ashley McBrides of the world, and Brandi Clark, and do you, do you look at those people and, and what they're doing? I feel like they had to be better than everybody else, and they were, and they are. And right. so now it's like trickling down, and then you look at like the record Sunny Sweeney just made, and her live show, and Kylie Fry. So I don't know, it's it's really made its way into, but I mean, I, I, I feel like we have to do that down here too. We have to make sure we're making the best records and we're putting on the best live shows and we're, we we have the, um, you have to have back, be able to back it up or whatever. Right, like Summer Dean, she's doing her thing. Oh yeah, she's great. She really is. Oh, uh, she opened up three shows for the Wilder Blue. Oh really? And she and Paul, I've seen her before and I love her. But then Paul hadn't um, seen her, and he texted me immediately and was like, "Summer is incredible." I'm like, "I know." And she had at one of the shows, she had she had two steel guitars, dueling Damn. steel guitars, and her on an acoustic, and just writing great songs and singing great and playing great. That's great. I know you have a lot of great shows coming up, but Wilder Blue has some too, right? They're playing Copeland Dance Hall, I think, not too. Yeah, long. they're playing Copeland. Um, I know. I haven't really looked at their schedule because I've been. In Steamboat, but Worried I know. About she, you, yeah. yeah, he's playing with me and Bernie. Paul and I are playing together like a duo show, a January twenty second and Bernie, and then Paul's going to Key West with me. So that's cool. <laughs> and I think they're playing the old quarter at some point. Oh yes, right before their cruise, they're going on a cruise and they're playing in Galveston. And yeah, he's doing a cruise in May, and then I'm doing a cruise in September. So you should come. You should come to. You could cruise twice. I've never been on a cruise. It's I don't know. Very I don't know how fun. I feel about it. Yeah, it's a different thing. But it's right. super fun because you're just on a boat with a bunch of artists. And mine, I'm actually terrified because my cruise, it's a, it's actually October. But mine is me, Bart Crow, Reckless Kelly. Like, Lord help me. I'm going to, uh, John Wolf. It's going to be wow. super fun. But it's it's all all of my friends. That, Are that, you worried about your liver? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yes. To clarify, I'm worried about my liver. Yeah. I'm just kind of claustrophobic for some something about being trapped for me, it was the loss of control. Like, you're not yeah. driving the boat. You're not. You just, are, you just are there, and there's only so much air. But after a day or so, I adjusted to it, and I was like, oh, this is actually very relaxing. And you know, But I'm used to being like, okay, I'm going to, even if I fly somewhere, well, then I get the rental car, and I'm driving. And there's, there's none of that. You're on the boat, and you're just on the boat. Yeah, except that the boat is cooler than anything in the whole world and like that we're on the brand new boat this this upcoming year i've never been on it but it looks super awesome yeah it's probably a lot nicer cruise than the one i went on i was much younger and uh you know i know we were in the cheapest rooms possible and all that i get a balcony that's what i recommend oh wow um well they give me that as being the artist and i assume that my band had that and i was like yeah that balcony really saved my life and my band was like what (laughs) what balcony and i'm like oh terribly sorry i didn't know that you didn't have that same (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Whatever. So, I mean, what are your goals for this next year or two, like, down the road? Like, where do you you hope to be, or what's your your next milestone you hope to achieve? Do you have any of those, or are you just day by day? 
I'm still kind of trying to figure that out because we're we're trying to figure out what venues are are right for me at this point in my career and right. what the whether we should be taking more risks as far as like you know going out with a big artist on the west coast and trying to um expand our fan base um right now i'm just trying to kind of like drink through the oh, shot time here we go again oh yeah get them no, boys i'm just kidding engine number one i want to make another record soon yeah. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm writing new writing new content, but putting out the podcast, putting out the children's book, like really just maybe tying up these projects that I had a lot of um, big hopes and dreams for, and and putting them out and and checking some things off my list. I feel like I have a lot of irons in the fire right now, and I need to complete some of those projects. Sure. Yeah, ride the record out for a little bit. And I also heard you mention a potentially recording some acoustic versions of those songs that's paul and i are doing that next week that sounds i love it when artists put out an acoustic version or vice versa i love it when they do that yes paul and i also did a loretta lynn conway twitty duet that we put out earlier this year or last year and we would like to do another something like that together another right. collaboration together people really enjoyed that and we just did it at our house and mostly i mean the drummer was in nashville but we did it remotely and Hayden Patera was in Austin, played fiddle, and sent it back to us. And Paul recorded bass and guitars at our and vocals at our house. So we we have the ability to do things like that that we never knew could work until COVID. <laughs> so, yeah. So we want to do more of that. I like that. I like it's that been idea. a game changer. COVID opened our eyes to a lot of things. So I'm a videographer in my day job, and it has changed so much wow. for the better for me. You know, and uh, I just the. Any kind of editing, any kind of production right now, our eyes were open to the possibilities. Zoom has made things so much easier. You're not having to yeah. drive across the country or, you know, whatever. You can do your thing right there. And I did. My first radio tour was, gosh, 2012, I guess, for band from Santa Fe and then for Whiskey. I did two of them. And I did 60 stations in and by myself in a car all over. I mean, I can't. Oh my gosh, and four or five in one day, and driving nine, ten hours a day. It was crazy, and I kind of am a little jealous that the newer newer kiddos don't have to do that, because I think it was very hard, but it was some of my best memories, and meeting all the stations in person, and seeing all the posters on the walls, and I don't know. There's something to be said for that. There, uh, Definitely, you know. Magical time. Yeah. So the most recent album... Corazón y Cabeza. Ooh, great job. Uh, you uh, you have Josefina on there, and that's like a little nod to Marty Robbins, right? Um, did, did that come out of your songwriting group? or It did. How, how did that I can't, song come out? I can't remember what word I had to use in that group. Maybe Cantina or something. I can't okay. remember. But I used to, I've towed my van and trailer many times to Rosa's Cantina when it broke down on, on I-10. And I told him, how can I repay you? Because they've just been the best and they said put Rose's Cantina in a song I said well somebody else did that very well um, <laughs> but I ended up putting it in Josefina and I think that's one of the acoustic versions we're going to do it's it's a storytelling song and it's it's one of people's favorites off the yeah, record a little murder ballad yeah uh, you, well it's very funny because Paul helped me write the bridge of that song that's what, what he helped me write and he put the murder in there. So people are like, oh, you chick singers and your murder ballads. I'm like, actually, my boyfriend <laughs> murdered. My boyfriend killed him uh, in this song. And then what else? You got Old Together, great song. I like that one, too. Thank you. Um, I, I tend to go more towards the kind of the, the country ones. You know, I know you have some 
some rock and some punk rock in there, but I'm a little old school, I guess. Yeah, me too. Cowboy Cold is probably my favorite. Yes. That's one of the most honky-tonking sounding ones, and that one has like a real urban cowboy, like Johnny Lee feel to it. Um, that one, that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's got the play on words too, right? Yeah, that was a hard song to write. Maybe that's why I like it so much. That one took me like a couple years to finish. So yeah, how did that one come out? Is it same thing from the, the writing circle, writing group? No, there was. I, someone told me we were watching some cowboys do some cowboy things, and someone told me don't ever marry a cowboy. <laughs> and I was holding like a lukewarm beer, so I was like, cowboy cold, cowboy cold. And my tour manager at the time, we were talking through the idea in the front seat of the van. Her name's Rachel, and and she was like. I mean, it ended up being a difficult concept because you want the cowboy to be warmer, but you want the beer to be colder. Yes. And I actually just end up saying that in the song. Whenever I get stuck, it's like I just ended up spelling it out in the song because it's, it's a tough one. Well, why don't we play that one? Okay. All right, so here's Cowboy Great. Cold, Bree Bagwell. She worked that hard on what's broken at home. I see his love for horses. They light a fire in his eyes that for me is long gone. And I'm sitting here drinking a
Ghost Note Brewing is located four miles south of Dripping Springs on Ranch Road 12, just north of Wimberley. Thursday through Sunday, you can experience the notes of a cold craft beer, local wine or cider in this hill country backyard while enjoying live music, food from an on-site food truck, and yard games. The comfortable tap room and relaxing outdoor shady beer garden is a great place to bring yourself, friends, or the entire family. Find Ghost Note's full music schedule, beer menu, hours, and other information online at ghostnobrewing.com. Ghost Note Brewing, turning complete strangers into new friends. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been to a way high party? Well, if you had, you would remember. Well, Saturday, January 28th is your chance. Wild Fitz and the Way Highman present the Way High Party featuring Jack Fister, Honky Tonk Machine, J.D. Clark, Wild Fitz, the Bad Lovers, and South Texas Tweak himself at the Copperhead Club in East Austin off of Riverside. Again, January 28th, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Sponsored by Texas River Tonk. Be there. Waking up at 3 p.m. Swearing off cocaine again. You are listening to Texas River Tonk on KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and we have Bree Bagwell in studio hanging out with us. I'm having a great time, guys. I appreciate They're it. They're like, could you leave? And I'm like, no. Oh, you can hang around as long as you want. We got till two. Sometimes I go till three, but, you know, I have Fridays off, so right. this is what I do. The kids rule are, breaker. He's a rule yeah. breaker. Yeah, he is. I'm not big on rules, unless it's my kids' rules. Then they, be- they better follow. Um, but again, reading through your biography, did you have a cousin that played for Kenny Chesney or what's that story? That's a crazy story. My mom grew up playing, she played lap steel, Hawaiian lap steel. And her brother, my uncle had a band and they, they said no girls in the band. So she taught her cousin Blue to play the lap steel. He ended up learning to play steel guitar and going on to play for Trent Woman and Kenny Chesney and all these amazing people. So he mailed me my first guitar to my dorm room in Austin when I told him I wanted to learn to play guitar. He, him and his wife have always really encouraged my songwriting since I was younger, but piano is my first instrument that I just taught myself, but piano is not very portable. So. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, and the guys next door to me in my dorm room were like, hey, can you teach us some guitar chords? And I knew guitar chords from looking at my brother's hands when we played in the band, and I was showing them some chords, and I thought, hey, I can kind of, I can kind of do this. I so I decided I wanted to learn to play the guitar, and I did. So which dorm did you live in? Well, it was Dobie, so it was oh, like... Oh, yeah, that's the one. Not technically a school dorm, but right. it is right there on campus. And they, they still had the movie theater below at that time? Uh-huh. Or were they close? They had the movie okay. theater and a hair salon down there and food, subway food and court, food yeah. court. It was a great place to live. It's pretty bougie over there at UT, it sounds like. Well, I lived in Jester, so oh. I lived in like the one that was designed by the guy who made prisons, and it was not <laughs> bougie. Nope. I'm sorry about that. Yes. Yeah. I was like on the 13th floor or something crazy. Dobie was great, and I still, my, my 
neighbor that I broke my ankle like the first week I was there not broke it but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was broken they said it wasn't but I had to go down on crutches my first week of college and I couldn't carry a tray in the cafeteria so I met one of my best friends still to this day she helped me carry my food tray <laughs> well I did, I did meet my wife in the elevator in Jester so I have them to thank for that oh but I love that you, but you also had players the burger joint was just right it was still there in 2009. Uh-huh. Right? I think it closed down just a few years ago. Yes, I remember. And they had really great fried mushrooms. Yes. Uh, accounted for my freshman 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that place, Schooners of Beer. Uh, were you talking about Cain and Abel's earlier, too? Yeah, well, we were talking about how it was just hard to take a night off of partying because, and then Monday nights used to just be the only night that there wasn't something going on. And then Cain and Abel's came out with dollar beer on Monday nights, and that's where we were. Yeah. And I remember one one guy in our friend group would just go buy a case of 24 beers for 24 bucks. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, he must, must be so rich. It almost brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> those those are those things still happening. I didn't go to UT, but my college experience is very similar. Is that still happening? You know, Cheap dollar beer. beers. I don't know about dollar beer. Everything's so, you know, you got to look cool. You got to look sophisticated. Not in my day. It was like I got two dollars and it's 50 cent beer i'm gonna buy as much as i can or whatever well showdown right here has uh happy minutes so for like 15 minutes you can get really cheap beer that's fun yeah but it's only 15 minutes and there used to be a showdown in austin and we would go there it was kind of right by the hole in the wall but then it closed down oh uh uh-huh yeah so man right on the drag yeah the drag those days it's super crazy to think about going to college we were talking about this earlier without an iphone i mean just being able to navigate I was printing out how to get to Target on Yahoo Maps or whatever you know and it was I'm from a town I'd never driven on a big interstate I didn't know Austin was a big city even back then for you huh oh yeah Yeah. and now is I still love Austin I mean it's it's definitely changed a lot and some people hate it I I still love it but it got completely unaffordable so I moved into Braunfels and now I wish I would have moved there sooner I love living in Yes. I got priced out of Austin around 2008, 2009, moved mm-hmm. to Buda, um, been there ever since. But I still love South Austin. If you know where to go or, you know, pockets of East Austin, I try not to go too far north of the river. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, but it's like Sagebrush. Sagebrush uh, is awesome. That's my White spot. Horse is awesome. White Horse, yeah. We love all of those places we still go. And a lot of our friends play there, so check it out. I saw Summer Dina at Sagebrush. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I've seen her there at least once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Mm-hmm. So, anything else going on? Anything else you want to plug? Ooh, I don't know. I'm really just trying to ride this record out. Please right. download my record. I got brand new merch up on my website. Oh, new shirts, right? Yeah, new shirts just came in for Billy Bob's. We ordered a bunch of new stuff, and it's really cool. I hired a designer that I just love to just, you know, help me build my brand, and he's killing it. So I don't get credit for that. But I, if you want to go order a T-shirt, that just anything helps. Yep, she's got the Patreon. All this yeah. is on breebagwell.com. Right. right. You got the merch, you got the tour dates, you've got uh, a lot of videos. A lot of videos up there. I'm on all social media, so please give it a follow. I post ridiculous things most of the time, <laughs> but I jumped in the snow the other night. Uh, so I'm on TikTok even, Snapchat. I have it all. Snapchat. 
My daughters are trying to get Snapchat. I don't know about that. No, don't let them. Yeah, see, I'm just kidding. Was, now they're not going to like me anymore. <laughs> they don't, I don't even think they listen to my show, okay. honestly. <laughs> I think for they're a while. They're in school. They are in school. But <laughs> they it, better so not be. We put this up on Spotify afterwards. So okay. you'll be able to, to listen to it on Spotify if you want. Awesome. Um, but yeah, go download, purchase the albums, and especially go check her out live. Thank you. Uh, that would yeah. be the best. Please come to the shows. I have a really, really good band. And it's called The Band, right? But it's N-N-E-D. Right. Is that correct? Yes. My mm. first record was called Band from Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. And so I named my band Back One The Band. And I like I, that. Thank you. I thought it wasn't going to stick because I don't have my original guys anymore. I have one original guy, actually, now. But uh, everybody that comes and goes, as long as we part ways on good terms, which 99% of the time we do, they are... Right. Members of the band forever. One place for Cody Johnson. One place for making the motorcars. One place for you know. I've had I've had my guys go to Wade Bowen. I've had my guys go to really great camps and they're band for life. We call it. So you have a core group though that's kind of stuck around recently, or are you still kind of getting some coming and going? Yeah, last few years I've had my my same guys. It's been really incredible. The only one that left recently was my tour manager. He just went to Wade Bowen, but. Um, my new tour manager is awesome, and, and we're, we have a really good, well-oiled machine right now, which means something is going to happen to shake it up. That's just the, That's <laughs> the nature cool. of the biz. Well, we'll definitely be looking out for you, looking out for shows, Thank any you. new music. And, uh, again, January 20th, San Marcos at Enchanted Ranch, only $15. And then February 24th, right down the road from me at Buck's Backyard. Yes. That's going to be cool. Please come hang out, and thanks for having me. I'm going to go get a chihuahua. Yeah. Go, oh, you got to go to Austin. Yeah, I gotta go to Austin and get her before okay. the girl has to go to work. But I think we're okay if I. But well, I might have I might have to skedaddle. Well, I'll let you pick one of the songs off the record. Which one do you want us to to send Ooh, you out with? Wow, interesting. Yeah, this is a tough one. Have you played Josefina? I have not. That's the yeah. one actually I was thinking about playing. Play that one. Okay. Thank awesome. you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Right, have a great day. Awesome.
This is Texas River Tonk, and that was Dean Dillon, the new Never Wore Off. And that's off his Slick Nickel album. Love that song. Love me some Dean Dillon. Thank you again to Bree Bagwell for coming in. That was really cool. She's so nice. Such a talented woman. That was awesome. Yeah. Definitely need to make that show at Bucks, right? Yeah, for sure. 24th. I mean, I might try to go out there on the 20th. Kind of depends on the weather. On, yeah. At the Enchanted Ranch. Yeah, that sounds fun. 
Love that new album. Um, but what do we got going to store? So unfortunately, Ellis Buller couldn't make it. Um, but hopefully we can get him in some other time. But there's something crazy happening here in Cheatham, or in San Marcos at Cheatham Street on Sunday. They're having a 1 p.m. show. Who's coming Sunday. in? The Rye Boys. So I think the drummer's in the band Laredo. Clayton Smith um, is in there. I think he's the front man. I've never seen them before. And I, want, I think they're kind of up in the Dallas area, but they had originally announced the show was going to be at Devil's Backbone at 1 p.m. on Sunday, which makes sense because they always have shows at 1 p.m. But somehow they pulled strings and were able to get the show moved to Cheatham Street. I wonder what the story is. I don't know. So I'm going to go meet up with those guys. I'm going to go check them out 1 p.m. Sunday at Cheatham Street, the Rye Boys. And so I'm going to play one of the new tracks from them. This one's called Wheels. Enjoy.
boys, they are ladies, man, all right. They can love them up, talk them up all night. But they're lonely when there's nothing else to do. That's what makes the cowboys sing the blues. Does a little what he and he sings. He plays the mandolin and other things. He looks for love, beauty, and like you. That's what makes the cowboys sing the blues. Cowboys out falling low, get hurt now and bit. Let their hearts hang out so they can write you all a hit. So, ladies, if they ask you, don't refuse. Let's all help the cowboys sing. They don't ever understand this thing between a woman and a man. Till they love the one they always lose. That's what makes the cowboys sing the blues. Cowboys have fallen in love, get hurt now and bit. Let their hearts hang out so they can write you all a hit. So, ladies, if they ask you, don't confuse. Let's all help the cowboys sing the blues. This is Texas River Tonk, and that was Coulter Wall. And the reason I played that is he's playing Billy Bob's tonight, but he's got two sold-out shows at Green Hall Saturday and Sunday. He's heading out of state, and he's coming back into Texas in February. He's got two shows. There are still tickets available for his February 17th show, The Factory in Deep Ellum. Um, but he's also playing a show on February 18th at the 713 Music Hall in Houston. That one is sold out. I'm sure you can find them online, you know, whatever those third-party ticket guys are. I probably had to pay an arm and a leg. But if you have never seen Culture Wall, he's a badass. You ever seen Culture Wall? I haven't. He's he's really good. He played Green last year, I think, and he it did was sold play out. Green. Uh, I think Vincent O. Emerson was supposed to open up for him. I don't know if those shows got canceled and if this is a reschedule. Uh, but I remember South Texas Tweak was in here that one day, and they – Vincent had just announced that he was opening for Culture Wall those shows, and I think it got canceled for some. It, it was a sold-out show. Yeah, absolutely. He is definitely selling it out. Um, but I'm going to play you a brand new song. Not 
exactly brand new, but since this is our first show back, uh, Colton Mathis dropped an EP on December 23rd. And so I'm going to play you, and that one's called the Frying Pan Acoustic. Uh, I'm going to play you Main Street Down by Colton Mathis. And we were just talking about this, dude. Yeah. Colton's a badass. He is. I'm really liking it, man. He plays in Zach Welch's band. He's also got, uh, what, Grimy Diamond, the Filthy Nichols, his little <laughs> blues band uh, with Terrence and, and Ethan Whitaker. So we're talking to those guys, trying to get them 301 boys back down this way, man. Hopefully you know play the kissing alley or maybe they can play the porch or something like that i see them hitting it hard up in north texas though yeah they're burning it down so here's the new one off of colton mathis ep main street down See the game One time you might have seen my name You sitting out here in this picture frame My time was gone before it came Still hear the ringing of our telephone That is diesel's burning cold Lucky's barking and we need a more Yeah, Main Street down always feels like home Show you the alley, yeah, I can show you the long way home. It's these dirt roads in this highway, and I can tell you where my time has gone. Well, Main Street down always feels like home. Main Street, they don't always feel like home. 
Texas River Tonk on KZSM True Community Radio and that was Joshua Ray Walker I'm sure y'all have heard a version of that song before but that's a new version he put out uh, recorded with Jam in the Van and that's closer to what you're going to get from a live show right? the original studio record had the, the horns on it but that's got the pedal steel that you'll typically get if you go check out Joshua Ray Walker live and he's actually playing Lubbock at Cook's Garage tomorrow with Giovanni and the Hard Guns. Dang. I know, man. I, I still I still haven't got to see those guys live. And then Sunday, they'll be in College Station at Hurricane Harry's. Uh, same thing, playing with Gio. Thursday in San Angelo. And then Friday, January 20th, he'll be at Cheatham Street with David Beck. And then Fort Worth on February 5th. So, love me some Joshua Ray Walker. Um, but I'm going to play you a new one 
from Colton Cerny. So Colton is a badass. He's got several projects. He's part of the Way Hyman uh, with Fitz and Chase and Wayne and just a bunch of dudes, Jack Fister. They, it's kind of hard to explain what the Way Hyman are because when I went and saw them at the Volstead Lounge, the last Way Hyman party, I swear at least 15 people were on stage at some point. They would just trade off playing songs. That sounds amazing. So when they have these parties, so South Texas Tweak was there, Gus Clark, David Miner, uh, Jack Fister. It was it was crazy. Uh, but Colton Cerny's also got the Shinglers, which is a killer country band. If you like to dance, uh, check out the sing- the Shinglers. He's also got a kind of a rock and roll band called Hogleg, yeah, which is badass. I saw them at Feel So Good Records. Um, there, there was their I think first or second live show they did, and they they blew me away. But what was crazy is there was a band that opened up for them called Spliff Kazoo. <laughs> and you get imagine Like, this is, like, in my mind, a quintessential Austin band. Like, he, I kid you not, he has a kazoo. He's very sparingly with it, so it doesn't, like, not overboard. But he does, like, a, like a variety show. He tells jokes, and he has these bits. And he had this bicycle wheel. Um, on a spoke filled with like beads or beans or something that he would spin and it was just the craziest thing I'd ever seen and very Col- entertaining it, it was like. very entertaining Colton said that's his favorite band to see live in Austin so they don't have any music out they're more of just a live band so check out Spliff Kazoo but I'm going to play the new one from Colton Cerny this was written by Mr. Wild Fitz this one's called Hard Working Girls <laughs> And the old man's out there 
Ghost Note Brewing is located four miles south of Dripping Springs on Ranch Road 12, just north of Wimberley. Thursday through Sunday, you can experience the notes of a cold craft beer, local wine or cider in this hill country backyard while enjoying live music, food from an on-site food truck, and yard games. The comfortable tap room and relaxing outdoor shady beer garden is a great place to bring yourself, friends, or the entire family. Find Ghost Note's full music schedule, beer menu, hours, and other information online at ghostnobrewing.com. Ghost Note Brewing, turning complete strangers into new friends. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been to a way high party? Well, if you had, you would remember. Well, Saturday, January 28th is your chance. Wild Fitz and the Way Hyman present the Way High Party featuring Jack Fister, Honky Tonk Machine, J.D. Clark, Wild Fitz, the Bad Lovers, and South Texas Tweak himself at the Copperhead Club in East Austin off of Riverside. Again, January 28th, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., sponsored by Texas River Tonk. Be there. Waking up at 3 p.m., swearing off cocaine again. I hear mariachi static on my radio And the tubes, they glow in the dark And I'm there with her in Ensenada Oh, 
Listening to Texas River Tonk on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. And I played you that one by Colton Cerny, right? The new and hardworking girls. He is part of the, the Way Hyman, so he will be at that Way Hyman party Saturday, January 28th at the Copperhead Club right off of Riverside. Hell of a lineup. Yeah, man. That's crazy. It is crazy. So Jack Fister's been in studio. Chase and Wayne's been in studio. Fitz has been in studio. Tweak's been in studio. And so what I think the plan is, I think um, Jimmy from the Bad Lovers and J.D. Clark are, are scheduled to come in that Friday on the 27th. Before the show? Yeah, Because it's that night? It'll be the next day. Okay, on Saturday. And, and it's an all-day deal, 3 to 11. Dude, that's super cool. I know. So if you can make it out there, come see us out at Copperhead Club. If you wear your Texas River Tonk shirt, uh, Rivers will give you a kiss. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a big old kiss. I might even buy you a beer. If you don't have a Texas River Tonk shirt, I'll, I'll bring some to the show. I'm out of mediums. I don't know why. I don't know many, many, many mediums. I, I'm not a medium <laughs> wearer. But Colton Cerny will be there, man. He's part of the Way Hyman, and they're, they're going to jam out. I kid you not. That's going to be one to remember if you can remember it. And then after that, I followed it up with Carmelita by Warren Zavon because they actually did that song uh, that night I saw them at the Volstead for the last Way Hyman party. And there was probably like nine dudes, eight, nine dudes on stage um, all singing and, and playing that song. It was really something special. So that actually came out. Carmelita was put out 
on Warren's second album, 1976. It's weird because it's his second album, but it was his self-titled album. I've noticed a lot of artists will do that. They'll put out their first album, and then they follow that up with their self-titled album, which is weird. A lot of times it's the first album. You know, I think that's a relatively recent thing, isn't it? I don't know. That was 76. But oh. I've seen, I think Wilder Blue did the same thing, right? Wilder Blue put out their first record and then their second album most recent one is actually a self-titled album but if you don't know Warren Zevon was a mobster and like a bookie when he was really young he worked for the Cohen crime family and then went on to be a session musician songwriter kind of struggled to break through until his music was recorded by Linda Ronstadt and then later on in life he actually teamed up with members of REM and started a group called Hindu Love Gods. I had no idea. I didn't either. I, I haven't listened to their stuff, but it's something I probably need to check out. Wasn't he a resident of Austin when he passed away? I don't know where he passed away. Honestly, I don't know. I, I believe Austin's... I, I lived here when he passed. It okay. was right after 2000. And, uh, yeah, he has a song from 2000 called Y2K or something like that. Oh, really? It's really cheesy. I remember Y2K. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, he passed away right after that. And I, if I'm not wrong, Austin Radio was pretty much saying Austin's own mm -hmm. Warren Zevon. That's cool. So. I know yeah. he kind of grew up in California, I think, or that's where he was got his start in the mob family. But, anyway, what else was I going to say? I was going to think of something, but. Well, I brought up earlier, not that, you know, uh, I, I want to say 43 years ago today that Fulton Prison concert happened. Oh, yeah. At the yeah. actual prison. Yeah. It's today's the day. Folsom County Blues. Folsom Prison, prison Blues. Blues. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great album. I'm sure we've all listened to it a thousand times. But oh, yeah. It's so awesome. That is a good one. So I'm going to play you another new one. This one's by Dano Simpson. He's based out of Colorado. He's actually out touring with the Steelwoods right now. This is his new single he put out December 16th. This one's called Pills and Motorhead. One, two, three, four. On a funeral pyre, it's a life you're born to lose. Take your chance with the Lord above, though it's a deal some can't refuse. If you sold your soul to the man upstairs, all your friends would wish you dead. Well, the ride back home on a steady diet of pills and motorhead. Something about seeing that morning sun when you haven't slept last night Makes you think about just who you are and if you're living right Certain folks who really bring it home like they're reading my damn mail Guess there ain't no glory in this living low when the poor man's up for sale Start growing old, a change of battle crowd.
if I ever once was a wise man It was a different life and place People can grow shirts years roll by with a little time and grace cut from any silk and cloth nor born with a silver spoon but i've made my peace with the life i won that's god hard honest truth you can play me any hank him song tears fill my eyes when hardcore kids start growing old they change battle cry Play me any Hank Williams song And tears fill my eye. Hardcore kids start growing old And change battle crowds We were having a drink at Stockman Listening to the guitars ring Jesse said, you know, they sold the MC horses I'll be damned, when was that? I hadn't heard a thing Back in August, 100 and more Yeah, the people, they come from everywhere Just a bit on them high and low And they're by on the the legend With the cow herd all dispersed the old cabbage you had to go back in August 100 and more So come on more run on it we're gonna let this sail again last of the big remoders of the mighty MC Horses Horses 
drink at Stockman's Way out on the sagebrush sea Jesse said, you know, this old MC Horses This is Texas River Tongue, and that was Ian Tyson. That one goes out to Chase and Wayne because uh, I was talking to Chase and Wayne at Feel So Good Records, and he was like, I've been really into Ian Tyson lately. And I've heard some of his songs before, but I started digging into it. And he ended up dying December 29th, 2022. Oh, no. Yeah, so kind of right after that. Uh, so he was born in Victoria, British Columbia, September 25th, back in 1933. He hosted a TV program, Ian Tyson Show, on CTV. And it was kind of known as the Nashville of the North. And he had a, he wrote a song also. Check this one out. It's called... Uh, four Strong Winds, and it was voted the greatest Canadian song of all time. Wow. Yeah, so go check out Ian Tyson. He's got some great songs. Uh, another one I like is One Jump Ahead of the Devil. Uh, so maybe if we got time, I'll squeeze that one in there. But I want to play the new one from Sam Downey. He put out Western movies. Um, he played this one when we did the Kissing Alley concert. So there's actually video, right? We have the entire concert on video. And I think it's SMTX Sessions. Yeah. Right? So it's on YouTube. You just Google SMTX Sessions. You can see uh, Sam Downing's full set. You can see Foster and Quinn's full set. And I, he might have a, a video out that he produced for this song, too. So this is Sam Downey, Western Movie.
Ghost Note Brewing is located four miles south of Drooping Springs on Ranch Road 12, just north of Wimberley. Thursday through Sunday, you can experience the notes of a cold craft beer, local wine or cider in this hill country backyard while enjoying live music, food from an on-site food truck, and yard games. The comfortable tap room and relaxing outdoor shady beer garden is a great place to bring yourself, friends, or the entire family. Find Ghost Note's full music schedule, beer menu, hours, and other information online at ghostnobrewing.com. Ghost Note Brewing, turning complete strangers into new friends. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been to a way high party? Well, if you had, you would remember. Well, Saturday, January 28th is your chance. Wild Fitz and the Way Hyman present the Way High Party featuring Jack Fister, Honky Tonk Machine, J.D. Clark, Wild Fitz, the Bad Lovers, and South Texas Tweak himself at the Copperhead Club in East Austin off of Riverside. Again, January 28th, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., sponsored by Texas River Tonk. Be there. Waking up at 3 p.m., swearing off cocaine again.
is Texas River Tongue, and that was Johnny Falstaff. And he's usually, you can find him down in the Houston Horny Tonk scene with Christopher Seymour and Patrick B. Ray, all those fellas. He's got a lot of private shows coming up, but March 4th, he'll be at the Continental Club in Houston, Texas with Western Cosplay. Um, I believe that is Christopher Seymour's band. And then he's going to be up in Austin March 24th at the Continental Club as well. Dig me some Johnny Falstaff. Now I'm going to play some kind of random stuff. Uh, you know how playlists work. Sometimes you just come across a song you never heard before. So I'm going to play you this one. It's called the International Submarine Band, Knee Deep in the Blues, off of their Safe at Home album. Enjoy. Well, I've just been thinking it over How I've been loving you for years Now you have left for another Leaving me crying these tears My heart is all torn to pieces Shoes. My blues 
This is Texas River Tonk, and I played you that International Submarine Band, and while we were playing the song, I looked it up. That's actually a band from Graham Parsons, right? 1966 to 68, before Burrito and all, you know, the other stuff that came along. So that's cool. Good to know. 
And then that last song was from Lavender Country, I Can't Shake the Stranger Out of You. That band was based out of Seattle, and that was their self-titled album released in 1973. They only put out one more album, and it was in 2022. But the lead singer, Patrick Haggerty, recently died. Uh, I think it was Halloween. It was, yeah. yeah. 2022, at the age of 78, uh, complications from a stroke. But that album... Lavender Country was the first known gay-themed album in country music history, allegedly. So, got some interesting lyrics if you go back and listen to that one. I like that he says, "You're, I, th- I reckon you're looking for some necking." And then he's got that other line. He's like, "Let me be your freaky box of cracker jacks." I mean, you know, this was a different time. Yeah, definitely. So now I'm gonna play you some back-to-back songs. Um, don't typically do this, but I was having a hard time trying to decide which one of these songs to play. So I'm going to play you a couple Hoyt Axton songs. Oh, yeah. Right. Love some Hoyt Axton. Uh, I'm going to play you Daddy Walked in Darkness. That was released 1963 on his Thunder and Lightning album. Uh, Hoyt was born in Duncan, Oklahoma, 1938, died October 99. And he actually wrote Joy of the World. He wrote The Pusher. He wrote Never Been to Spain, which was made famous by Three Dog Night. Uh, and he was an actor. He was in The Black Stallion, and he was the dad in Gremlins. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know what? I knew he was a country singer. Yeah. He's got a lot of great stuff. He, yeah. was, he was a friend of Towns Van Zandt, and he was actually one of the first to record Poncho and Lefty. Him and Emmy Lou Harris both recorded and released their versions of uh, Poncho and Lefty in 77. Obviously, Towns Van Zandt put it out in 72. And then the definitive version by Willie and Merle didn't come out until 1985. So here is Daddy Walked in Darkness by Hoyt Axton. You know my daddy, well, he walked in down in darkness. You know my mama walked by his side But he never ever knew one moment of peace Till the day after they had died Lord, Lord, the day after they had died You know my daddy, he was a railroad man Rambled all around And he never ever knew what contentment was Till they laid my daddy down Oh yeah, laid my daddy down Yeah, now don't tell me your trouble My daddy, well, he walked in down in darkness. You know my mama, yeah, she went along. Oh, yeah. My mama, well, she went along. You know my mama, yeah, she was a hooker. Yeah, she hustled all over.
took all of my daddy's good loving, Lord, to hold my mama down. Oh, yeah, hold my mama down. I said, I don't tell me your trouble, cause I have no misery of my own. Because my daddy, well, he walked in down in darkness. You know my mama, yeah, she went along. Oh, yeah, my mama, well, she went along. You know my mama, well, she went along. Would you like to go? Colorado Heavens there I'm told In Colorado Well I'm leaving in the morning And I'd like to take you with me I feel that Colorado Is a place we could be happy in The mountains la da da da, -da. Rocky Mountain, la da 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 da. Everybody talking about the place of their dreams where they can find peace of mind. I'm not sure, but I think it seems I finally found mine. In the mountain, Rocky Mountain. Up on a mountain, you don't need your little blue pills. And there's a gold. On the natural Would you like to be city in the city and the crystal morning sunshine is so pretty in the mountains la -da 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 -da. Rocky Mountain la -da 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 -da. Yeah, the hunter hears the quiet tread of the bare left foot of God and the soldier hears the echoes where the sons of swords have trod Up on a mountain, you don't need to blow no grass. And all the tea you need is sassafras. On the natural, on the natural. La -da 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 -da.
neon souls aglow So I'm going to Crested Butte Bay I've just got to try once more In the It's like we could get this is texas river tongue yeah we can get whoever we want here we were talking off air about different artists that we're trying to get in studio so if you like what you hear you know like follow subscribe share all that good stuff but if you're an artist or you know somebody that's interested in coming on let us know let us know i really don't i mean i have people probably through the end of the month but i over the break i just try not to book people i was just like hey let them take their break i'm gonna take my break and then we'll kind of get this ball rolling again once the new year starts so we're back in the proverbial saddle again and that last one i played you was another hoyt Axon song on the natural was one of towns van zant's favorite songs um but what do you got going on next week man next week uh during the week you know just the usual work yeah, i think i work. think if the weather stays nice monday will be a river trip Yes. Hopefully, hoping to work that. You you down? I'm so down. Yeah, it's supposed to be 80 river. degrees. If it's 80, because I was thinking the other day, I was I needed to get on the river, wet a line, as they say. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is Texas River Tonk. I know we're not having enough river. We're not. Days. It's been. I love the show, but it has put a damper on our Friday afternoon <laughs> paddle trips. Absolutely. So I'm gonna play one. This one goes out to T.O. Bruce because we were talking about. George Strait on Twitter or something and, and Lucas Jagno, they do a really great cover of Wrapped and it's not a George Strait song. Wrapped was originally written and put out by Bruce Robinson I want to say 97 but T.O. was like that's all. that will always be a Kelly Willis song to me because he's had like a 30 year crush on Kelly Willis and she's going to be playing tonight out in LaGrange at the Bugle Boy tomorrow Saturday she'll be playing at Saxon Pub January 20th, Houston at the Mucky Duck, and Saturday, May 27th at the Woodlands with Brennan Lee and Melissa Carper. That would be a hell of a show. So here is Wrapped by Kelly Willis. Just 
That's about it for this episode of Texas River Tonk. But before we get out of here, I'm going to play you a short song from Jeff Beck from the Yardbirds, who just passed away. He was born June 1944, died just a few days ago, January 10th. Uh, complications, bacterial meningitis at the age of 78. But after he left the Yardbirds, he went on and kind of switched to an instrumental style. Actually won seven Grammy Awards for his instrumental work and was inducted into the country, excuse me, not country, this is a country show, but was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, once with the Yardbirds and again for his solo work. So we're gonna go out, pay a little tribute to Jeff with Jeff's Boogie. Y'all be good, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.
All right, welcome back to the show. That was my man David Newbold with his song Last Letter off of his 2022 album Power Up. Uh, David's out of Nashville. I am trying hard to get him to come to Central Texas. Right now I know he's up in Toronto, but uh, he'll be through here eventually, uh, and I'm excited about that. So what I'm really excited about is uh, we got Bree Bagwell here in the studio. How are you doing, Miss Bagwell? I'm good. I got my coffee. Uh, I'm on my way, actually, after this to go get my dog in Austin. So... I'm just, I'm really excited to be here and really excited to see my dog. You, you have to board your dog when you, I just have a friend that keeps her, um, I've been in Steamboat for a music fest for the last seven days. So that's kind of why I sound like I'm half dead, but it was a great time. Yeah. I, uh, we got, we got rivers here with us, you know, Mm -hmm. so, uh, I was wondering if you were going to bring whiskey or Paul or the cardboard cutout of Paul, (laughs) you know, or some combination. I love it. Yeah. Paul is, um, cause he was still in bed when I left because we. I was telling y'all we we got in late last night, and he was like, "Love you, honey, but I'm staying here." <laughs> like, yeah, no problem. I get it. Yeah, the uh, the traveling thing, especially right now, it seems like a, a nightmare. You know, I know you're on the road all the time. I, I was, you know, just looking at your website, trying to get some information. How many days a year would you say you were on the road last year, 2022? Ooh, I'm just about to do like my 1099s and my taxes like today, so I would have a better answer for you. Um, I think, I know we did over 100 shows, so, and that doesn't include, you know, radio days and, and travel days and whatever, so I would say I was, I was, I was gone at least half the year, if not more, uh, last year, but I used to do 150, you know, almost 200 shows a year before COVID, so this is a little bit of a step back for me, and I'm still kind of in that mindset, just because it seems a little harder than it used to be, and I don't know if that's me getting older or if that's just how it is after COVID, but um, we're just being a little bit more selective. I say that. I have like 10 shows in January, so I don't even know what I'm talking about here. I'm still pretty busy. <laughs> you have a show this weekend in Waco, is that right? That's right. We're going to Waco um, tomorrow to the backyard, which is a super cool place, and then we have a couple friends playing with us tomorrow, so that, it's going to be a big party. Yeah, it's not too Jared Reddick and Jason Harrell. Yes. Acoustic duo. I was, I was actually texting Jason last night about that. I, you know, it's weird for me because I, like, love Bowling for Soup. Like, I just loved them growing up. I, right. And to meet Jarrett, now we're, like, friends. And he texted Paul happy birthday the other day. And I was, he's just, like, the greatest, nicest human that ever existed. I haven't met him yet, but he opened up for you at Green Hall, right, for the sold-out show? Uh-huh. Was that a record release party? Yeah, that, that was, was my album release party. My album came out um, August 26th, and so we had a Green Hall party, and, and that was the first time I ever got to meet him. And he he's just so great and hilarious. And then we did, like, a little Christmas acoustic tour together, and, you know, just singing 1985 with him is so much fun. <laughs> I saw you had the Christmas album. You know, was is that something you had always been interested in? or? I think, you know, what, what, what that was born out of is I have an amazing PR team. We have a pretty small team, but, like, they are just incredible. And I've released Christmas songs throughout the years. And she was like, hey, why don't we bundle these all together and put a bow on it and release it for Christmas and I was I was like that's a fantastic idea so that one I can't really take credit for I just love Christmas music and so this year I I had recorded um Blue Christmas just Paul and I at our house um it's one of my favorite songs and so it was a perfect opportunity to just kind of release an EP why not yeah why not we got to trick those robots you know (laughs) they're everywhere yeah (laughs) 
I'm not there for the rocking chair, for the gray hair, for the honey we've been everywhere. Damn, we share 80 years as the perfect pair. If I'm not there for the slowing down, for the sitting round, for the house with the porch outside of town, the sunset phase, the last few days, your wrinkled face. I wanna gold with you, but just in case I don't get to, I'll think of us as a living love letter. If time is never guaranteed, the only thing I'll ever need before I go is for you to know you could not have been better. We don't get old together I know I shouldn't think this way You laugh and say Probably it'll be okay We'll spend our days in this perfect place But just in case Somehow I don't make it through Till the end with you Goodness knows I wanted to If there are other plans out of our hands Do you understand? I wanna gold with you But just in case I don't get to I'll think of us as a living love letter If time is never guaranteed The only thing I'll ever need Before I adapt and um, I think not that this is not like what I'm here to do and I'm not trying to be whatever but I just appreciate that y'all are still doing like radio in a cool way where you're talking and you're live and there's two of you and we're in person and um, you're not like live streaming my tired eyes right now I don't know I just it makes me feel very good about what y'all are doing here well I personally still believe in this old-school radio type deal uh, 
but I we I do see there's a yearning for it too, and the we can be uh, original and generic. We don't really have to answer to any overlords as far as what we play or the type of music that we promote and that kind of thing. And and so artists seem to be uh, open to that and like it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of the hoops that we have to jump through sometimes and I've had a couple of different record label things that have happened and it's just Texas music has always been my home because I get to like make the music that I want to make but increasingly the stations are bought by you know bigger companies and stuff so it's still hard if you don't have a big label to be able to get played on stations it's you know people I think don't even understand the the but anyway keeping it independent and small I hope it I hope that it stays like this for a long time Forever. I mean, on Texas River Tonk, the artists that he brings on, they're they're all, you know, they're out there working it. They're trying to break through, but they just exactly like you said, they appreciate an outlet like us or, you know, other small stations. And their shows, we go to the shows, people are are yearning for it. You know, I I feel like, I mean, I don't want to disparage big country music. You know, I grew up on that stuff. I still love it, but... People are kind of turning away from the bubble gum and and that and and you know I played your song Trenches earlier and my wife texted me and she was like that song really hits home oh. you know and I think that's the the trueness of it is is coming through nowadays it kind of harkens back to the older country in a way even if it doesn't sound exactly the same yeah I mean I think I think that's totally right because we all grew up you know listening to Willie Whalen and the, you know they were considered outlaws and so now it's like. We're, we have that mindset maybe where it's like, okay, we don't love what is happening, so let's just do it our own way. And now there's just this insane, like, Texas cult-like following, like, uh, my trenches just hit 10,000 streams in Japan yesterday. Like, wow. what does that even mean? Like, that is so crazy. And people follow the charts really closely. And, um, you know, trenches was a song that my last label didn't love and or whatever so when I got to do this album independently I put that on there never thinking it would have been a single but it's been our most streamed song so <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite songs on the album no honestly. Way. yeah for sure well I'm a big fan of beaches and mezcal drinks so yeah. you know um, but I don't, I don't like to pick favorites that's a really great record honestly oh, it really is but it's got to be tough because we have so much great music and the, the streaming mentality you know, you're constantly having to put out or feel like you have to put out new music, but I feel like there's a big group of people that want new music constantly. So. Yeah, it gets really tough because I'm almost like punished for releasing a record and 11 songs at one time, you know, which is kind of why we released the Christmas thing too, because you're rewarded for releasing music at a steady pace. But, um, you know, I'm sitting there talking to my producer, Rachel Loy, and I'm like, I just really want to put out an album. I grew up on albums. I have a story to tell. I, I wrote this record during COVID. Like, it's really important to me. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you don't have to explain to me why you want to make an album. Like, let's make an album. I don't, she doesn't care about um, anything. I mean, I've never really been, like, cool. Like, I feel like I've always just been, like, a little bit behind the trends and just never had, like, the funds or the money to, like, do what was hot or hip at the time. So it was kind of just, like, right on track for me to just make an album when albums aren't popular and just kind of be like, that's what I wanted to do. And so now I'm having to, like, reevaluate my whole, you know, what am I going to do this year? You know, it's so crazy. It's like, now what? And and when I first put out records, I mean, they would last you three, four years. And so now the, the record's only six months old and everyone's kind of like, okay, now what? And I'm like, what do you mean, now what? You are so right. <laughs> you know, I... 
you know, just like on Spotify or whatever with the new releases. And it's like, well, they just had an album come out. It, it seems hard, you know. Uh, we have a lot of songwriters that come on these shows and stuff. And it seems like it might be a great day to be a songwriter because there are – you mentioned COVID. Obviously, you were probably sitting around the house more than you had in a long time. So you had time to write songs and be creative. And now you're back on the road. And so where is that time that you had? Even I do something different. I had I had free time that I'm missing as well. But but it's hard to get back into the swing of how it was, you know. I think things have changed permanently. Yes, it has. And we're trying to navigate it. And, like, my boyfriend's band, they're called the Wilder Blue, but they all are able to record because they're a band. And so they can all, you know, for me, it's it's I have to fly to Nashville and get – studio musicians and pay them and like it's really it's really a giant undertaking for me as far as like a financial investment so just realizing like how I'm going to have to like shift but like you said it's a great time to be a songwriter if you're a new songwriter and you're not having to to tour 200 days a year but and you have this basically free outlet with social media to like put out your music like kind of what a time to be alive in that sense like that's really great too and I don't want to seem super cynical um I'm thankful I've got like some really great things from Spotify playlists that I would have never been discovered on so trying to just balance the the positivity and the uh challenges of it well I know you don't I mean I don't know this is me don't you don't have to agree or disagree but I know that the compensation is not fair for what the streaming services pay the artists. Oh, I agree with that. You know, well, that's an easy <laughs> agreement, but I just don't want to put you in a bad spot by yeah. saying that. This is just what I've picked up from talking to artists and seeing, I mean, you can look up what Spotify pays and it it's almost theft. Yeah, it's, it's basically promoting your shows and merch and all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. or, you know, I try to balance it with vinyls. Like, I sell a ton yes. of vinyls, so that's an interesting thing. Or we're, you, you know, we sell t-shirts and and cds still at shows because i think it's like a physical something for somebody to hold so yeah i don't to me streaming money that comes in the form of a check every month is is nice but it's not my my bread and butter right i i personally and really it's been 100 percent disagreement when i say this but what i'm afraid of is the vinyl is a fad me too i don't know it's trending up but like it's surpassed cds now obviously and it, it keeps ticking upward and just the people I follow on social media. There's a bunch of vinyl heads, and it seems like it's growing and growing and growing. It, it better not be a fad because I just ordered um, a bunch more, and it's a year out in production. You know, oh, so yeah. mine won't be ready for like seven more months. Oh my gosh. Maybe fad isn't the wrong, right term because it, it could be a long fad. But what I what I fear is a lot of the same issues with vinyl back in the day. Space, you know, the amount of space they take right. up. Mm-hmm. The the usability of it, you know, I mean, the needle, this and that, they're, they're sensitive, the albums get scratched. Uh, I'm just afraid those are going to resurface for, for the younger generations that never really dealt with that, you know, and then is it going to go back to just strictly digital? Is there going to be a new CD going to have a comeback? I've still, Blake laughs at me, I still buy CDs, and I have, nice. I have a few vinyl albums that I also have on CD, and I personally prefer to listen to the CD because I can put it on and let it play, mm-hmm. you know? And if I'm working in my office, I can be rocking out or whatever I'm listening to. And if I want to put it on repeat, it'll just start over. Whereas when I'm doing that with the vinyl, you know, I'm 10 minutes in, I'm focused on it, and then I got to go and flip it over. And anyway, maybe I'm just lazy. No, 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 I, I get that. All right, my truck still has a CD 
player, so like I like to put CDs in like on the road. But you know what's also crazy is that we are ordering USBs of my album that have videos on like exclusive content or whatever. We're always just trying to find new ways and new outlets. So I always say it's like everything we're we keep adding stuff, but like nothing is taken away. So it's just like we're we're having to still do CDs and do vinyls and now we're adding USBs, Spotify streaming and then now my PR team's like you need to make a TikTok. I'm like you're out of your mind. Yeah. I mean I do it. But <laughs> it's just it's a it's like a lot to have um rotating at all yeah, times. It's a lot to juggle. And you have the Patreon, right? So you give exclusive content out for those subscribers, so that's cool. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, but that that's I that's one of my big goals is to grow my pay, my Patreon. It's doing really well already and I don't, it doesn't feel time consuming for me because I just, I'm putting work tapes of songs so it's just like me and a guitar or me and a piano. Can you explain to people what that is? I read up on it, so I, but you know, yeah. a lot of people don't understand. Sure. It's really, it's been the greatest gift. Someone talked me into it and I was like, I don't know. Basically, you, you pay between five and whatever you want dollars per month and then you get like exclusive content. And so, um, I release every two weeks, I'll put a, a new song up there that nobody's heard. And it's just, I put all that money right back into recording. And I really couldn't have even done my whole last record without that that money. And it's been, it's been kind of an interesting thing too, because I don't, um, I used to stay out until the last person every single night. For 10 years I did that, you know, whether it took five minutes or two hours. And it's just, a lot of people get frustrated waiting in lines. So I started offering like, if you're a Patreon member at a certain level, you can come say hi before the show. And that's been really great. And so I just get to be able to give like extra attention to the people that are like directly funding the music. That's, that, that's cool. And I, okay, so I, I always come to this as a fan, you know, I'm, I love doing the radio show and all that, but I, I come as a fan for all of this stuff and having the chance to be recognized or just say, hello, I love your album. That means so much, and that that person becomes a fan for life. They're mm-hmm. buying your albums twenty years from now. I'm speaking from my own experience of people I'm still buying, like the Black Crows. Right. You know, twenty five years, thirty years after I started listening to them, because I got two minutes, not even two minutes, probably more like thirteen seconds with Chris Robinson. You know? <laughs> Night. That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's 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 great marketing on your point, and. Uh, you're having to come up with new ways to make money nowadays, you know? Yeah. It's very it's very exciting to see people that, like, are also getting to see, you know, I put trenches, like, as a work tape on there. And then for them to see it come to life from creation to the end product of the record, they were, like, people were lighting up about that. And that's so fun for me because that's my fifth record. So it's not as much of a magical experience for me. I mean, it's still my favorite part of being an artist, but it's not like magic. And you can just tell that they just like live for it. It's, it's great. It's great. That's one of the good things about social media, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause we know we don't all like it. I, I have to hijack this for just a second. Uh, I really don't like social media that much and I know that I should do it. But last night I have a uh, nearly 15 year old son and he was like, we have to set up your Instagram account tonight since Brie Bagwell's coming on your show. Oh, sweet baby. <laughs> So uh, he set it up, but I made the deal. He's my he's my social media manager now. So he, I now have a fourteen year old. Not that that's a joke that I say that, but I just told him I was like, "You're gonna do it." I don't even want to put post up anymore. I'm so lazy about things. So 
Good for you. I just think it's funny that, that this is the day and age that we're at. You have to have these kind of things to move forward. Yes, and it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse, but it's also like it's, it's really given people kind of an insight into who I am. I'm, but I think it's okay to have different philosophies about it. Like my boyfriend does not do it really at all. And then, but he really believes, you know, he got a Robert O'Keefe record and all he knew about him was the album cover and what the liner notes said. And he was like fascinated by Robert O'Keefe, like who is this person? And so that's how he views it and I view it more like here's me with no makeup and my dog like I like just it, because that has worked for me and also I don't mind sharing pieces of my life that I think are important especially because a lot of female musicians follow me and I think I really like to highlight like the the amazing parts of the music business but also like a little bit of the struggles too because sometimes girls think that like it's really easy for me or something because it was all glossed over and it and I, so I kind of also like to use it as a tool of like this is really hard for me too uh, <laughs> so it, it can go both ways and I think it's okay to have both different philosophies or to outsource it is also really smart and great yes well if I were actually having to pay somebody to outsource it I wouldn't be <laughs> uh, Blake what you got man well, so I've, I've seen you play before. I saw you at the Galley Winter River Jam. Oh, you were wow. Up, you were on stage with the Griders. Oh. By Josh and Christy. Is that Love correct? Them. Yes. And what a, what a great group of artists. I didn't make it in time to see Jack Barksdale or Darby Spartman, but I showed up. I saw y'all play. I saw Lucas Jagno, Mason Lively, Gracie York, mm -hmm. and Drew Cooper. Um, so that was really cool. So yeah. I, I didn't want to bug you. I didn't want to go up and be like, hey. Oh, you should have bugged me. I can't remember what I, I had to leave because I remember talking to Gracie and being like, girl, sorry, I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I love her. She's fantastic. Um, but Josh Greider, it's so funny because he's from Las Cruces, New Mexico. That's where I'm from. And my first show ever was opening up with my band when I was 14 on tap for Josh, Josh's band, Riverside. Oh, wow. um, no pressure. ago. Yeah. It was, it was just really great to see his career and now we're really good friends and we're going to Mexico together. Um, the Griders and me and Paul and John Bauman and Drew Kennedy and his wife, we're all going to Mexico. So you can go to TopoChicoCowboys.com and come to Mexico with us. I saw that. And this month you're doing Mile Zero also. Yes. Yeah, January is crazy. It's like Steamboat and then we have a couple shows in between and then Mile Zero. And then, you know, everyone, it's just funny because it's, Oh, January, like New Year's resolutions, like we're gonna get in shape and eat good, and then it's the craziest, drunkest, late night foodist oh, month of our lives. But it's a fun, it's a fun month. Yeah, we have, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Music Fest looks amazing. I've I've heard people say, why would I want to pay that much money to go to Colorado to see artists I play in Texas? But it's about the experience, right? It's like you're in the mountains, and it's a it's a whole deal. Just and like just like Mile Zero Fest. And you're hanging out with. Yeah all the artists and you're on the ski lift and but there's people from all over the world that come to that it's very cool it is weird because sometimes people will be talking at some of the shows just it's they'll get hushed but it's just very funny so why did you, why'd you come all the way here to chat through the music <laughs> oh, I that's a pet peeve of mine you yeah. know I'm like here I am at Green Hall I've been wanting to see this person and this lady won't be quiet and it's like there's an outdoor area anyway you know yeah the ups and downs but i feel the frustration for y'all you know you're trying to put on a good show and people are chatting 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 and i guess you just get used to it 
some sometimes it's worse than others. Like if we're in a listening room, we were in one not too long ago, and those are my favorite rooms. And the whole front row is like looking behind, you know, turning around to look behind them and shush people. And that that gets so frustrating. I'm not really like a confrontational person. I'm not the person that's gonna be, hey, you're ruining this experience for everybody else. I kind of let. The venue owner hopefully take care of that for me. Right, but. just give them the stink eye. Yeah, I try to I try to shame people. <laughs> Actually, on our so we're new, we're not we're both from Texas people, but we're we're big fans of New Mexico. And we just got back from uh, family trips in New Mexico, and I kept joking. You know, his show's called Texas River Tonk, and I was like, I think we need to do a New Mexico mountain tonk tonk while we're here. And, <sighs> It never happened, but Uh-oh. Um, no, we just got drunk instead. Yeah, yeah, it ate he- unhealthy food and ignored mm-hmm. our New Year's resolutions. But yeah, uh, he grew up going to New Mexico. He's from West Texas, but I'm from Southeast Texas, and he introduced me to the joys of New Redosa, Mexico. Yeah, we, our we families love it. Yeah. Awesome. We were just—I was there over New Year's. I love Redosa so much. We were there at the same time. Oh my gosh, yeah. we were probably all. Right there together. We left on the second, and it snowed that day. We had to leave, yeah. which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, that's my brother was there that day at the inn. They go every year, day after New Year's, and they go uh, gamble and. That's funny. I know it's I. That's that's so crazy. I love Rudosa so much, but I New Mexico overall as a state, it's it's really crazy because people would, in my early days, I'm from New Mexico, and I felt like people were boo or you're not from texas but texas music is oklahoma and it's idaho i mean reckless kelly's idaho and adam hood's alabama you know we don't it doesn't seem to matter really anymore that i'm not like from texas but i've been in texas for 15 years and i I love it it feels like home also new mexico is just it's so magical and a little bit underrated but i think we like it that way yeah it's like (laughs) a secret you know uh i always talk about where i grew up for summer vacations or whatever to escape the heat, we went towards Florida. But I realized if you're in West Texas, you head west and you get to the mountains, you know. And uh, anyway, he showed me that. And so now we we head that way every year. I've been there six years in a row. Seven? Six or seven? Wow. I didn't make it last year because yeah. of my daughter's volleyball tournament. But anyway. Oh, yeah. volleyball daughter. Yeah. I was a volleyball human. <laughs> and I tried uh, again. We tried to play sand uh, maybe a year ago, and I couldn't walk the next day. I was like, oh, no. It's tough. This is, it is. <laughs> I'm not not the athlete I used to be. Uh, none yeah. of us are. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, in, li- in light of this talk, on the way back, we, were, we, we weren't staying together, but we were two houses down from each other, and then we left probably within about 30 minutes of each other. And so coming back, we went through a dust storm and <laughs> attack of the uh, tumbleweeds, which – for us, that was a new deal, and uh, funny enough, I did I did the driving until Plains, Texas, and then my wife said, why don't you let me drive? And it had been totally eventless up to then, so she gets in the car, and within five minutes, attack of the tumbleweeds, and she was white-knuckling it for, what, all the way to Big Spring? All the way, yeah, La Mesa was the worst. Yes, La it was. was. I don't know how well you know those areas. Yeah, I know, I, I know all those roads very well. But when I was playing your album yesterday and the song The Dust, and I was like, oh. it's definitely a New Mexico, West Texas song. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if I play that song? Oh, my gosh. I wrote that with Paul. Thank you. Happy late birthday, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah. He's oh. asleep. Okay. All right. You want to introduce it or anything? You want oh. to just, 
You okay. Not to put you on the spot. She, no, no, no. This happens almost so every show. Every oh, show. I love it. This is when y'all take shots every time the, the ambulance <laughs> we should start goes that. by. Oh, we got in trouble that, for drinking good. in the station. Oh, right. Can't do that. Right. They, they just voted down because of us that we can't drink in the studio anymore. Got it. I understand. Um, oh, it's really going for it. I, I wrote this song. Actually, I started writing this song right after Paul and I started dating and then he came I sent him the verses and he came back with the first part of the chorus and then we didn't finish it for like two years and then when right before my record was about to be recorded we took off to Marfa Paul loves West Texas and Marfa and he loves New Mexico too but he's a real big Marfa human and so we went and we finished up this song in Marfa all right this is the dust I want wine on a mesa, corazón y cabeza, wrapped up in you. And wherever we go, baila conmigo, desert dive bar till two.
right, we are back. That was The Dust by Brie Bagwell off of her new album. What's the name of it again? It's actually, I love that you played that song because the album is Corazon y Cabeza, and that's a line from that song. So I, I chose that to be the title of the record because it translates to heart and head and that's uh, where all my songs came from. And <laughs> I spent a lot of time writing this record during COVID and I write even when I'm not inspired. So I discipline myself to write, which is, is that sounds very braggy, but I, I have to say it because it's the best thing I've ever done for my career. And, and I force myself to write one song every two weeks and I've done that for years um, now. And so I'm, I, a lot of songs came from not just my heart, but my head thinking really hard when I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking off air how much work it is. What you're saying is you have to work to write these songs. You know, you say you make yourself. That's discipline. That's work. That's You can blink and six months will go by and you haven't written a song. And I was thinking I can't really call myself a songwriter if I'm not writing songs and it we're so busy if you don't just carve out the time to do it so my producer actually got me into my first songwriting group which was pretty cool because it was her and um, Charlie Worsham was in it and Bob Schneider was in it it was like a really cool group and then you just have to use a word or a phrase in a song so there's like a prompt and then you have to turn in a song and at that point I was writing one a week and which is a lot. So now Paul and I head up a songwriting group and we do one every two weeks. And we have a group of, of five people and you just write a song by yourself. You email it to the rest of the group and if you don't email it to the rest of the group by midnight on Wednesday, then you get kicked out and the next person comes in. And it's it's really fun and it's a great way to write songs. Wow, that's hardcore. You're out. Yeah, and most of them are bad. Maybe not most. Yeah, most of them are not great. But then by the end of the year, you have all you have a record or you have a, a lot to choose from. And I've been doing it so long that we were choosing from 100 songs for this record. All right. You, you, there's a lot of pieces you can pick up, right? The song itself might not be good, but a line here, you know, something there. Right. Um, but one thing I really like about the record is it just has so many different sounds and influences, right? You have <laughs> a little bit of rock with Freeman. You've got the you know, Spanish influence, and then you got a little punk rock in there with Table Manor. I thought I heard some Go-Go's or something. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I think it was important for me to write a songwriter record, and it was, this is the the range of songs that I've been writing, and so we just recorded it that way as well, and Rachel Loy said, I was so glad we, that you turned Table Manners into a, a punk rock song, and I said, I thought that was your idea. I thought that, so I don't know whose idea it was, but in the studio, that, we have no one to answer to except for ourselves. And we just took the liberty of recording a record with many, many different, I mean, that the dust is completely artsy and I don't even know what that song is. Uh, all right, I asked this of a lot of, a lot of the guests, country guests. So you're not, you don't have a secret side punk band, do you? I want one so bad. So many of the people that have come on this show, they do country and they play punk as well. Or they did when they were they younger. started out, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yeah. I have a secret 90s country band that is just that. It's a secret. And it seems <laughs> like everybody knows about it. That's how secrets work, I guess. But we started it kind of during COVID, and it, the, it's kind of priced crazily and every once in a while we get it we had one in december and it's really fun it's just 
me and I get back background singers and a great band and we just sing Dixie Chicks and Shania Twain and Travis Tritt and it's it's a blast. Sounds great. Yeah. And it's sad because it, it's more expensive than my own band. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like a super group, huh? Yeah, but it's it's so fun. And, and honestly, I kind of love doing those things for the sole reason that you're not relying on ticket sales and the pressure of you know, making the bar happy or whatever. It's just a big party, and it's a, it's a lot less pressure than your own songs and your own, you know, thing. So I always... I'm kind of leery of, of saying this, uh, and I, I never want to be like, so what were your influences? I hate that question. But when I listen to this album, and I hope it's okay that I say this, I hear like some Leanne Womack. Oh my gosh, Did yeah. you? And I just wondered if that was, she was like a big impression when you were growing up. I mean, I worked, in, I worked at a small country music station at the end of the 1990s, and that was, Leanne Womack was really kind of taken off then, and I, I'm guessing that was some impressionable years for you. Oh, yeah. I sang Ashes by Now, which is a Rodney Foster song, but I sang that Leanne Womack version of that at one of my first, you know, competitions. I loved her so much. I still love her so much. I got to see her a couple years ago in Steamboat, just incredible singer. And then Frank Liddell, her husband, produced Miranda's records, and so those records highly influenced me. That was one of the reasons I just decided to become a, a singer-songwriter was because I saw Miranda and I was like, I want to do that. Like, <laughs> that's what I want to do. So, yes, definitely an influence. 90s country for sure. But then you probably, in the record there's like some Blink-182 influence and there's right. some <laughs> Dolly Parton influence and there's some, yeah, just a wide range. Yeah, well, it was great. It was a nice touch i liked it a lot thank you you know uh i mentioned my son earlier uh he's i guess the last year he's gotten into country music a lot and and uh anyway he really likes you like I, i'll be i'll be straight up with you and I, I feel bad he until this week he didn't know who you were and he started listening he was like she's really good dad that's awesome and i mean he's his number one artist is taylor swift you know, uh, I love he, Taylor. He no, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I've have been forced to listen to her, and she's much better than <laughs> I wanted to. You know, we get set in our ways, right? Sometimes things have to be forced on us to open our eyes. But like, he loves the the chicks. I'm trying to not call them the Dixie Chicks right. anymore since they don't want to be called that. Uh, anyway, I just you got you got one big fan all at once, and he told me to tell you. Oh, boy. hello. <laughs> oh, hello. I have as deep a voice as you today, but um, that's that's so nice. I I have a weird fan base as far as when they're, we're trying to analyze. If you analyze a lot of artists, they have a really niche. You know, you can tell exactly who their fan base is. Mine is equally split men and women, and it's the, a giant. It's like 14 to 65 like I don't have a specific fan base it makes my PR team's job a little difficult <laughs> but that makes me happy to hear that so I think that's great you know I mean what why would you want to just target one subsection of society right you know? people are fickle yes except that I put a cuss word or two on this record and that didn't go over well with some of uh, the fan base but I was using it to prove a point that men use it derogatorily, and it was a sarcastic form of usage, but 
You can't explain that to everybody. You get that explicit label, some street cred. Giant. I mean, um, it was like, Brie Bagwell, explicit. And you and Drake like, will be collaborating before we know Yeah, it. you never know. You never know. Yeah. So I know you started singing in your, your twin brother's band when you were younger, and then you moved to Austin. That's when you started to learn to play the guitar. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Do you remember where your, like the first venue or first show you ever played? I was in college at UT. I went to UT, and I was also... I was down, I dated a boy from Texas State, so I was down in San Marcos a lot. Um, I played at a bar called Mother Egan's. Oh yeah. On Sixth Street, do you? Do you yeah, they had a Red Dirt Monday. Yes. Yeah, so it, I graduated from UT in '05. Oh my gosh. So I, that was our stomping grounds. Yeah. I got there in '05. Okay. And in it was in 2009, my first show. Uh, someone pulled me up to sing a song and the, the bar owner gave me my first show and so I played Happy Hours on Monday and then I did Red Dirt Mondays with Brian Beaver and Ben Danaher for $50 not including food or drinks so I would make negative $7 on Mondays but it was I was in college it was the greatest it was so much fun and I did hear you bartended at the aquarium yeah correct oh my god which is not that, that whole area is not it's so crazy how much it's changed but yeah I would bartend so on Friday nights I got another show at Mother Egan's on Friday night so I would play six to eight happy hour and then I put my tennis shoes on and go bartend at the aquarium uh, at night and I loved bartending on Sixth Street because all my friends they'd let all my friends come in and they would give me some drinks to give away to my girlfriends and then we would all go home to get you know but I was in my shorts all sweaty and they were all cute in their dresses and yeah that stuff. bar was crazy it was one of our spots you would hit aquarium library, library. friends Maggie Mays you would just kind of make the make the rounds moose knuckle Remember? I remember Moose Knuckle. Um, my buddy worked at, it was it used to be Bob Popular's, but then it was a piano bar. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Alligator Rocks or something. And he, he hated it. He hated working at a piano bar just because the the music. Oh. All, I had all a, the Billy Joel. I miss those days. I wish I could go back. I had a, I had a sweet gig at the aquarium. It was, it was a good time. And I love all those guys to this day. We're still friends. Right. And speaking of gigs, we definitely want to plug the show next Friday, January 20th, San Marcos. Right, in Chandler yes, Ranch? Yes, it is next Friday. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Saturday, but you were correct. Yeah. I would have been wrong. In Chandler Ranch, yeah, it's a wedding venue that now they're going to start doing concerts there. It's a really beautiful place. And so I'll be there, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just a great time. Right. So this Saturday, Waco at the Backyard, January 20th, San Marcos and Chandler Ranch, the 22nd, which is my birthday, Bernie, Texas, the Roundup. I'm doing that with Paul. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. And then you're actually going to be playing Buck's Backyard February 24th, which is basically like two minutes from my I got house. a feeling you'll be seeing him Yay. over there. Yeah. Let, let me know. Let okay. me know. We'll put you on the little guest list for letting me be six minutes late today. But I, I love Buck's Backyard a lot. I love that venue. I love the people that work there. It's a fun and one. That's with Kanan Brown, right? Yes, I saw him at SEMO. He came up and introduced himself, and we took a picture, and he was so nice, and he was so – I can't wait for him to be there, too. He's yeah. great. And if anybody's in Bay City, right, you're going to be playing February 25th, Matagorda Gorda County Fair with Roger Krager. That's right. Very cool. February's going to be busy. And then we're doing also the Lone Star Luau with, with Coley McCabe and Tom Shepard and the Wilder Blue on February 3rd which is interesting because uh, I'm just acoustic, but I took the gig so I could go play with my boyfriend. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you ever get to just have a little vacation if you go with him? Like he's playing the show and you're just enjoying the scene or vice versa? 
Hmm. Well, if he's if he's not playing, then he's playing in my band. Okay. Like, so he doesn't ever get to just hang out. But I went to see him not too long ago, and I was just standing in the audience talking and having a great time and, and drinking. And then he got off stage, and I was like, oh. I'm I'm tipsy. Is this how pe- is this how concerts go? Because I just I'm like you you don't do anything. You just stand there and watch and drink, and that's just how you do concerts. I just haven't done a concert. No, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the other side. Yeah. Well, usually if we're off, we are not in a in a bar. I get that. I get that. You know, I used to, I still obviously enjoy listening to music, but before I started having to always do research for this show, my music listening was much more relaxed and without focus. So sometimes I just want to, you know, not listen to music for a purpose or whatever. I can see being like, you know what, let's not go out tonight. Let's wash the dog and... Right. We like to cook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do have, it's a joke, but is the number one thing about being on the road, you don't have to wash dishes? Wow. Well, I feel very spoiled because the first thing that came to mind was Paul washes the dishes. So I actually never have to wash the dishes. And I, that is a great life. If I do nothing else, I can just say that I didn't have to wash a lot of dishes. I wish I could say that. Ah, Well, he's good at it. So I told him, you're just so good. I actually bought, this is so crazy. I bought him a, for Christmas. Because our sink, it just, I don't know, it just splashes water. I bought him a really cool manly apron so he could wash those dishes. I mean, at least he knows you love him. He's got a purpose. (laughs) Multi-purpose. I I do most of the cooking, though. Can we, like, can we? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. He's a pretty good cook now, too. I I might just have it made. I've been in a relationship for a long time. Blake has been in a relationship for a long time. We understand we all have to have our roles. Yeah, I do most of the cooking. My daughters do the dishes, and my wife has it made. It's kind of how. Yes. Oh, I love it. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just I I appreciate that because gender roles. Can you? I can't. I don't know how women used to cook and clean and three meals a day. So there's no way. No way. I would not have survived those times. No, I don't. mm. I'm (laughs) glad things have modernized. You know, I don't mind doing the dishes, cleaning the toilets, cooking dinner. You know, we all have to have. Our roles. My wife works a full-time job. Right. You know, 50 years ago, that wasn't happening. You know, mm-hmm. so. Exactly. You know what? This show is almost over. Dang, that was so fun, guys. We're going to we're gonna roll into Taste of River Tonk. I don't know how you, you... I think you're welcome to hang out if you want. I don't... Not to put or you on the spot. Come back some other time if you want. I know mm-hmm. you're busy. You just got back from Colorado. And I know. I know you are tired. to Waco tomorrow. I, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, these people are going to think that I'm... I just I got the puffy eyes and no, I had a blast. I can hang out for a little bit. Cool. Is All that right. Cool? All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna end into the gray with one of your songs off your album. You got anything you want me to play in particular? Oh my gosh. Well, did you play Trenches already? I'll play played again. That was almost two hours ago. Oh, I don't care. It's okay. up to you. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll play Trenches. That's your that's your single off of this one. And uh, anyway, all right. Well. This is the end, end of the gray. I will be back next week. Uh, I think next week I'm going to try to do my 2022 top 22 songs, but we'll see. But anyway, all right. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Brie you Bagwell. Awesome. And uh, y'all stick around for Texas River Tonk. <laughs>